Anyway, here's how you slice it. See, a lot of people don't know. You have to slice it down the middle. See, and then you slice it across this way. Because what it is, it's a it's a deboned chicken stuffed in a deboned duck stuffed in a deboned turkey with dressing between the chicken and the duck and the duck and the turkey. So as you cut down that way, you go turkey, dressing, duck, dressing, chicken. Welcome to Extra Points. Now here's your host, Cousin Sal, and his good, good pals, Dave Damashek and Martin Weiss. All right, welcome to the Extra Points podcast. Cousin Sal, come to you on a Wednesday morning. Spaghetti and meatballs, fiddling with the knobs, baby face Joel Solomon producing this mess and joining me as always, my dear, dear pals, Dave Damashek, Martin Weiss. We made it. We're midweek. The new year's coming. Lots of big football games coming up. Uh, oh, you can win money or you can win a free hat. One that I'm wearing. Martin, you haven't won yet. One yet. Sheck has one. The gold hat. Extra points. Extrapoints.com slash arcade. Want to give uh, props to Michael Bledecki, who won week 16 with 13 right in the pick'em contest. The prop quiz was won by Brad Heyman. Now, this Brad Heyman fella has popped up. A bunch of times here, Martin. This is your best bet, I think, at winning a gold hat. Enter the prop quiz contest and just get it right. Just get seven right and you'll do it. Come on. Do you not want a gold hat? No, I've, I mean, I've been trying. I've been I've been putting forth okay. my best effort, my right foot forward. But I just think that, you know, style, yeah. maybe hats. I don't know. Maybe we just come up with some type of like upside down hat to help Damashek with his beard deficiency going oh, forward. No. I already got the hat. You know, I, I don't know. Sheck shaved. He, sh- he cut his hair. He shaved. He's not happy with either result, but I think it'll straighten out in the next couple of days. It's not right, me Sheck? who's unhappy with it. It's those closest to me <laughs> that, uh, that are issuing negative opinions so oh, far, man. but listen, well, I'm born. I'm born anew. A fr- uh, a, getting a head start on where everybody's going to be a week from now. You know, New Year's resolutions and all. That's that. right. I made a mistake. I'll say this: I just watched that movie. Don't look up. And Dave, when you have your glasses on, you kind of look like a scientist that is telling us about an impending doom that nobody's listening. <laughs> oh. Like with the with your shaved face, because it's kind of like stubble as opposed. To, that's got as opposed to sounding that. Yeah, you know, four or five savant. nicest things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I saw Spider Man. He's reminding me a little of Doc Octopus, really. But uh, I don't know. We can go. We can go on and on and on. <laughs> um, hey, uh, so extrapoints.com/slash arcade free to play games. A golden hat awaits you if you uh, if you do well in these contests. Mike Bledecki, Brad Heyman, our winners for week sixteen. Hey, John Madden died. Did you guys hear about this? Uh, I did, and I'm I'm stunned. <laughs> by the way. Above uh, uh, everything else, it's one of those events that, boy, as significant as he was to any football fan of, I mean, really of any age, almost literally, as people keep talking about from the video game stuff. A lot of the younger people Mm -hmm. know him from that and that alone in the broadcast booth. And if you're old enough, you actually remember him working the sideline with the Raiders. But still, man, I, I guess I didn't know how influential and iconic he was right mm-hmm. i mean does it strike you that man i guess it didn't really register that he is held up as maybe the most significant figure in pro football or one of, i mean like uh, 
it people feels are saying like he's it's on that not Mount even an Rushmore argument kind of thing. Yeah, yeah they're saying most, yeah. Not, not even most influential broadcaster, most influential figure in NFL history. Now, Martin, you don't remember John Madden. You were way you're way too young to remember him. No, well, what were you I remember. Well, so I just had just recently watched the All Madden documentary yeah, put out by Fox, mm-hmm. and so I actually was watching. I watched it yesterday earlier in the day, and I was like, "Wow, that was fortuitous." But um, when I was watching it, you think I it was an inside job? You think that they something happened because they want to get more eyeballs on, it up. on the reruns? Yeah, Tom, you know Tom Rinaldi. You know he's he, he's up to that that type of uh, shisty stuff, as mm-hmm. we all know. Of course, no, just joking. But no, uh, like I remember hearing Michaels and Madden, and hearing like when Chris McAllister brought it out from 109 yards. Like I didn't realize that was John Madden on the call. But I remember watching the play happen, and I realize now, like, part of the reason why, as I got older in high school and in college, where I felt like the level of, I don't know, foolish pride to think that I could, like, have conversations with people who played football and stuff like that, is because I'd be watching TV, and I'd be saying exactly what the color commentator would say three seconds after me. And I realized that part of the reason why that pisses me off watching the documentaries because John Madden was talking about the offensive linemen and so yeah. on. Like last night's last night's Saints game was terrible. Our Monday night Saints game was terrible. But but like by the end of the game, they're not talking about anything that's happening in the game still. Or not, I'm not entertained by you know I'm not trying to take shots at the guys on. It just made me think. It's like wow, like Madden would have been talking about. Well, look at what they're doing on this defensive possession or this this that and the third. Like this mm-hmm. is why Ian Book. Is it looks like he's never played football before as opposed to what a tough day for the rookie. Yeah. Well, Sheck, let's go over this. Why is he? I, I think like let's go over every sector of the population of a football population. I think he's very relatable just to fans because he's big and disheveled like most Americans. He's loud and opinionated, but passionate and smart when it came to football. So there you got the fans there. Obviously, the younger fans. He brought a ton of younger fans to the game. Would someone have invented a uh, video game with football that caught on if it wasn't for him? Probably. But it's Mike, it's Madden lending his voice and the booms and everything else. And the Telestrator is, is, is very underrated that that Telestrator worked. I mean, coaches for many, many years have been doing uh, the chalkboard talk uh, and he brought it to network television and it worked. I'm trying to think fellow coaches. The fellow coaches may be. I brought this up, but the fellow coaches indirectly should probably be mad at him because because of the video game, like Bruce Arians' grandson understands cover two better than Bruce Arians, right? So it's very strange, like all these people, all of that, and the players loved them and other coaches loved them and fans, and I don't know, it brings it all together. It was reminiscent to me yesterday of Norm McDonald's death where people just send clips all day back and forth and you see how revered this guy was and that's that's how you do it these days with clips and memories of uh of uh, everything he did and everything how how he lent himself to the game in a positive way right yeah and um you know the you mentioned Norm McDonald and also um last night the, your <laughs> pal um a guy who i knew just a little bit who was uh who was really a a, a a delightful guy and hysterical was Super Dave. Oh yeah. Um his documentary aired on HBO and so it struck me that so he has a documentary a what two years or so I guess mm-hmm. after after he died and John Madden got to watch his documentary 3 days before he died. Incredible. That yeah. makes John Madden the big winner here and I really I I I don't know how we make this so but 
boy, we really, I know people always say that, look, you hug your little ones tight. You know, you don't know every day is a gift and all that kind of stuff. But really, we got to start celebrating people who need to be celebrated while they're still around to hear the celebration. The recurring theme of the Super Dave documentary is, man, he would have loved this documentary about him. Who wouldn't? Um, For John Madden to get at the end of his run here of 50 years in the zeitgeist, to get to see the impact he had on so many people, I'm sure was gratifying to him in his final days. And we need to do a better job of that. And to go back to the very beginning. You know, just, uh, just when- to that point real quick, our buddy Adam Carolla says that all the time. Everyone's like, why are you making these documentaries on NASCAR drivers? And, you know, like, uh, and uh, you know, like uh, uh, Paul Newman and all these guys. And it's like, he's like, I don't know, because they die and then the stories are gone. Like sit them down and have them tell the stories. And they're compelling and it's great. It's like, yeah, that's really tough to argue with. Yeah, Yeah, not to get too existential about it, but last Christmas I gave to both of my parents um, the gift of every week they journal into their, they're sent a question about some element of their life and then they they scratch out the details of it. And it's essentially now a year later, a book. It's being now put into book form. It's basically that they've been forced into writing their autobiography. So we have that recorded, do it on video or otherwise and that transcends just uh you know this uh, iconic football guy but everybody should uh, should should do that for future generations but yeah to to bring it kind of full circle i guess when madden entered the zeitgeist what's fascinating to me about him is um i'm sure he was very popular in the east bay coaching the raiders and they win the world the the world's championship and all that but when he became a broadcaster he was a personality but he was hated by a lot of people. Like he was the he was the head figure. If Al Davis was not of the most yeah. hated team in in sport, the Raiders were gross. And like he's burning nails. And like you say, he's a big slob on the sideline and everything yeah, else. That five years later, that he was beloved is a crazy transformation. And, and doing and, commercials like doing yeah, right? it's crazy. Or light commercials were great. Uh, I mean, just terrific breaking through walls. It was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and it's it also let me say one career. one other thing is yeah there's a lot i get like rest in peace and this is a sad day and all those uh sorts of sorts of comments and and valid as they are it, it's not sad to die at 85 and to not just survive for 85 years but to live the sure. life he did i mean this is this is this is to be a cel- this is a celebrated life. You're not to invoke something really I mean, but to put it into perspective, I didn't know Jeff Dickerson from ESPN, but if you're seeing the the um memorials posted in on social media and otherwise, that it, that's a tragedy. This <clears throat> poor 44-year-old yeah. guy with a son who lost, <clears throat> he lost his wife and everything else. Um and I invoke that you know, not not to be glib about uh, his passing, but to say that, you know, when you make it 85 years like yeah, that, that, this is to be celebrated. This uh, is every, a, what, what, what a every slug line I'm seeing unexpectedly die, Dave. I'm like, all right, uh, you know, that, yeah, unexpected. You find $20 in a coat you haven't worn in three years. This is uh, 85. We'll, we'll all take 85, Martin, right? Especially the way you live. Well, I mean, honestly, a lot of people who were texting me about it were like, what part was the unexpected part? Like, I thought John Madden had died years ago. Yeah, right. Right. Because people just, you know, (laughs) I didn't. If you had asked me if John Madden was alive four days ago, I would have said yes. 
but I wouldn't have been a hundred percent sure, right? Because I would like I wouldn't. It feels like something that could have like passed under the radar, but now obviously it's not. <clears> well, he went a decade without that. being in the in the public limelight, right? So right, exactly. Like kind of went a decade, with, and that's also part of the reason why I feel like it's easier to make a documentary about him while he's still around because he's yeah. actively retired. Like he's actively done. Like he's not. He, he wasn't doing anything for the last. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, doing anything an in the public eye for the last ten years or so, right? You know, I, but, I did. Um, I, I did do the math on it. He only coached to forty-two, so I was wondering what went through his head. Like he, and then immediately started broadcasting. But now we know he hated flying. He didn't fly, right? So you would think, all right, he only coached to forty-two because he he hated the travel, right? It sucked going by bus everywhere. Um, but no, then he takes on broadcasting and and ends up basically having. The same schedule and, you know, they they took talked to Summerall years ago and he's like, yeah, he was a mess that first day in the booth when he tried it because claustrophobia was his thing. That's why he didn't like flying. That's why he didn't be, like being stuck in a small broadcast booth. But it is very strange, right? At 42, like many of the coaches start uh, at 42 at this point. I mean, Gruden, well, Gruden should have ended I, yeah. at 42 if Gruden was 57. <laughs> By the way, tough, uh, well, tough, tough year for Frank Caliendo, Gruden, and Madden. <laughs> it's uh, it's rough. We're thinking about you, Frank. That's going to be uh, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to say his name and rile up Dave's anger, but yeah. a certain person that uh, that I also know from work was 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 sequestered with them during the Super Bowl Nine run, and he said that the reason why Madden retired early, uh, early quote unquote for like a for coach after ten years because he he essentially. Loved his players too much. Like Tom Landry kept his players at an arm's length, knowing that, you know, eventually I'm going to have to cut you or, or separate myself from you or make the tough decision to bench this guy or whatever. But um, I think that's the thing that's underrated about Madden is, is like, I did not know before John Gruden that the person who had the most coach, the, the youngest winningest coach was John Madden for like up to yeah. 100 wins or whatever. He bailed out. Like his numbers, I mean, but uh, this, his stats, I think going into the Super Bowl, he was like 83, 27, and 7 or something like that. And I think he finished 103, 30. His winning percentage is off the charts. Yeah. He, five AFC championships in a row with one Super Bowl. And then he cut, like, who else? I don't know the football history well enough to know, but how many other people in 10 years have coached over 10 Hall of Famers? Yeah, like, 103, I, 32, and 7, 759 win percentage, highest in the NFL amongst coaches with the, well, at least 100 games. Yeah. When you talk about the the coaching decade of his, go back, like Sal mentioned there, and, and dig up on YouTube or otherwise. I'm sure you'll, uh, you'll see a fair amount of them over the next few days here and watch the documentary if you can find it too. But there's, there's nothing better for uh, a, a football fan than Madden plus Al Davis and all the characters with those oh, Raiders yeah. and the, you know, the Steelers that they're playing at the time and their stories about those games. I mean, they play each other in the, you know, the Immaculate Reception game uh, is the start of the, you know, I guess. Uh, Why don't know. we go give him a win for that? One, oh, let's give him 104-31. <laughs> okay, that. that's, that. right, that's the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, it is... Um, you know, his stories about that game and, you know, arguing with the referees and his insistence and Al Davis's that that the referees knew it on the field, but they couldn't reverse it because there weren't enough cops 
to protect the referees to get all out of Three River Stadium if they overturned the immaculate reception. I mean, they're hysterical stuff that sound yeah. like uh, pro wrestling kind of stories and icing down the sidelines allegedly before the 75 title game. And they play each other in 74 and they play each other in 76 when they finally get over the hump Madden and company and they go and they vanquish the Vikings. And at the time, that was a big deal because the Raiders story to that point was, boy, always really good, but can't get over the hump. And then finally they do get over the hump. And I mean, but that decade now stands as, yeah. You know, his winning percentage is he still has the most wins. It's kind of hard to believe has the most wins among any right. Raiders coaches uh, ever. But, yeah, go. I mean, his, his stories from his coaching days. And then don't leave out it. What, what the other thing I'll say about Madden is as we celebrate, man, three distinct phases, coach and then broadcaster and then video game guy. What about the light beer commercials? Forget the ten- right. tough actin, ten actin jazz. Very the funny. Miller Light commercials are the greatest series of commercials in the history of people. And he was the number one feature of that great ad campaign that went for years and breaking through walls and everything else that propelled him really into being a more lovable broadcaster. He hosted I, SNL I for think. God's sakes right. in 1982. You know what else he did? I was thinking about it. You know, right now there's uh, hundreds of idiots like us who just uh, go, go after the game however we want. But Madden made fun of the game like in a respectful way, right? Like he could point out the sweat on the offensive lineman's ass and he could point out what's going on in the sideline with the Gatorade buckets and and everything and he could he could laugh at uh at, at just about anything that's a little weird about the game. He would take it, but just do it in a funny and respectful way and that not like uh, oh, I'll just shut up already. Um I don't know, I don't know. Did did you catch that too? Like I just I just feel like that that's a, a tough line to straddle these days, and he did it very well. But your cousin um, Jimmy obviously yeah. went at Howie Long and Terry Bradshaw and those guys that played, and they kind of bristled at it somehow. Right. Well, he went at Madden too, and and Madden didn't like him, and and then we met at the upfront back in geez, I don't even know what year, two thousand three or something, the ABC upfront, and. Uh, they made nice. It was fine. But I think Jimmy brought Frank Caliendo on and Caliendo would do these impersonations. He's spot on. And some of the, you know, some of the uh, legendary players and coaches didn't like it so much. But yeah. But no, but to your point, yeah, Madden, maybe because, uh, you know, he had, uh, had the decade as head coach of the Raiders and had his right. bona fides, uh, according to his peers. But he was allowed to get away with it. But yes, he sure. was he, he had that charm as well. And boom. And look at this guy. And I'm eating a turkey leg and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. Obviously charming to to the average person Very out relatable. there. Very but relatable I think and, and where you started yeah. with the short sleeve the shirt sleeve and the tie on the sideline and burning a nail mm. much as i said whatever that was three four years ago like hey wade phillips if you get to the super bowl dress like bum phillips honor uh, honor your father that way i somebody said it on social media and i 100 percent support this maybe just in the pregame what i mean for real wouldn't it be cool uh, I, maybe it's asking too much, but all 32 head coaches just in the pregame in the hour down. before. Yeah. Just come out, dress like Madden, burn a nail, put it out on the field and, like and then it. go back and put on your stuff. That'd be like a, that, that, that would be I, a I nice think they'd probably life. rather he had passed in September and it's frigid uh, temperatures now. <laughs> but I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, that would be nice. All right. Well, listen, we have a lot to talk about. We have the week 17 games. There's two weeks left now. Week 17 games are going to hit the big ones. We're going to talk about the college football championship. But let's take a break real quick.
All right, check, Martin. Let's start off Raiders-Colts. Now, we have no Thursday game, so everything's Sunday, and then there's one Monday. Uh, but Goes Raiders, to the why? post, Sal. Is there a better game? Is there a more iconic game for uh, the in the memory oh, of yeah. John Madden? I know Raiders, beating Colts. the Vikings, beating the Steelers in 76, finally, and all that, but, boy, goes to the post and that all-time gem of a postseason game. Uh, uh a fitting homage, I suppose, for yeah, that game right. to be summoned here. I hadn't considered it. Uh, Martin, you're saying why? I think that basically the NFL has an agreement with the college football. Like You could have your Saturday, your New Year's Day bowl games, no matter when those land, unless it lands on a Sunday. And we'll steer clear of that, and you steer clear of our big nights. But I, I'm with you. We could have used the Thursday nighter in here, right? It would have been fun. I mean, we had, we had four nights of football last week. And this week is just like it's on. It feels like the I week know. before the Pro Bowl. Like it's just like, come on, what are we doing here? Well, well hey, you're not excited yeah. about uh, you're not excited about the the Peach Bowl not featuring Kenny Pickett and uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and Kenneth Wyman. exactly, exactly. There, there's a ton. There's uh, I mean, there's I don't want to complain because we do have football. Knockwood <laughs> um, with all these COVID, like it's really just crazy. Martin, I don't know if you've dipped into the bowl thing. Have you been betting? The, I've been betting these bowl games, and like I mentioned. Unlike pro football, you have to worry about COVID. You have to worry about guys who just opt out. They just don't feel like playing the game, the bowl game. Guys who are going to the pros that are opting out. Um, guy, uh, coaches who are gone. So you have to figure out which co- coordinators are gone. Um, and then just uh, just regular injuries. It's it just on and on and on. I've studied more for these bowl games than I have, I think, for the bar both times and with uh, equal results, <laughs> I would say. But anyway, NFL is uh, slightly easier to handicap, except that now you have like Carson Wentz. <clears throat> Colts are giving six and a half. They were laying eight. Uh, they've gone down a point and a half. And it's not even because Wentz is out. It's not even because Sammy Ellinger is definitely starting this game. They changed the protocol rules. So now he just needs five days. Unvaccinated Carson Wentz needs five days before he could retest. And if he produces a negative, he could play on Sunday. And look, I. I'm done saying he needs to sit, teach these guys a lesson, whatever. I want to see the best guys out there. You want to be stupid and not get the vaccine? Go ahead. Go ahead and be stupid, whatever. I feel like I'm protected enough and my family's protected enough, but I don't want to get uh, preachy on you. But I would rather see Wentz in this game. Uh, <clears throat> either way, I'm taking the Raiders here. I think if you have a, at this day and age, if you have a decent quarterback on the other side getting six and a half or seven points, you have to take it. And it was their defense that plays well. It's been playing well the last three weeks against the Broncos. They were shut down. And I really think if they got Waller back, they would be a, a dangerous seven seed in there. I am taking them. Sheck, what are you going in this game? I'm taking the Colts. Uh, a lot of talk about uh, finding their identity and uh, the formula for success and all that, uh, all those cliches happen to be true here. Hide Carson Wentz as much as you can. Let him try to make a couple of big plays, which he did last week. But it's about Jonathan Taylor, the offensive line. It sounds like Quentin Nelson is back. That's a significant add after they already went in there and took care of the Cardinals without him last week. And the defense is good. You know, Darius Leonard also back. Um, I think at home, I'll take the Colts as much as I admire. And it's... It was a big story for the first fortnight of the regular season. Derek Carr, well, look at what he's doing there. And, you know, that got, uh, you know, with with, with, with Gruden and the, the mess with rugs and everything. Um, and then the Raiders were like, ah, their season's over. We can focus on other stuff. 
um, in football terms. And Derek Carr's kept them hanging around a little bit, and it's a nice story, but I think it ends here. Mm. And I think Jonathan Taylor has another big day and gets that much closer to the MVP, Marvin Weiss. I know you don't worry. Uh, maybe you do worry, but I know you don't show it. That's your thing. That's what makes you cool. One of the many things. But <laughs> when you made this bet with Damashek, when we laughed at him, and I was right there with you, Jonathan Taylor was 100 to 1. He's now 7 to 1 to win the MVP. Brady also 7 to 1. I mean, he's, he's as low as Brady, who was favored to win this thing two weeks ago. Brady 7 to 1. Rodgers minus 175. Getting a little nervous. Would you buy out? You considering buying out at any point? I've told you, Sal. I'm not going to buy out. However, I it, it's contradictory to what I want to happen. I want to see Jonathan Taylor run wild the last two weeks. No, you don't. Into the I no, mean, I absolutely don't. do. It's, it's not going to matter, though, because as long as Aaron Rodgers' pinky toe, which may or may not be fractured or have COVID or whatever actually is happening with his foot, as long as that thing stays intact and he can still like have the balance of 10 feet, mm. it'll be fine. Aaron Rodgers is going to be the MVP. And Damashek's going to owe me the 20 bucks. Or I don't know why everyone's so confident that he's going to. I mean, there's human beings voting on this award, right? He may have not won over all the writers in America that get this, get the choice here um, because of his because, really well, he's politics. Way in here. I get it. But he's, he's, it's almost two to one for him. And everybody, I are what, what, one to two? I don't even know how to do that. I don't know. Yeah, so it's one, one, minus, one, one minus 175. Uh, I yeah, know, I get where people that's... are betting, but I don't know that they're considering what they should be um, really tracking here. That's exactly. Well, listen, it's... Sal hits on the point that I like to remind you of all the time. The voters, like the football players and the coaches and everybody else, they also happen to be human beings. Mm -hmm. And these people, like, first of all, the writers kept Terrell Owens inexplicably out of the Hall of Fame because he wasn't nice to them in the locker room. Mm -hmm. Ted Williams didn't win the MVP in 1941 because he wasn't nice enough to, to the guys in, in the clubhouse, the, the writers in the clubhouse. The idea that every writer is going to look the other way when he more or less endangered them or at least lied to them about how safe he was to be in close proximity to that those people don't have an ax to grind. I mean, listen, it's a professional and that's not what the role of a reporter is. Okay, when the guy sits down or the woman sits down to cast the ballot, they might hold that against them. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to or not. But yes, I don't think more, more to your point, Marty Weiss, I know you say you want to as a fan, Jonathan Taylor, you know, I, I don't know what's going to be. What if he runs for 225 on the Raiders and and uh, gets them that much closer and the, and the Titans lose this week? And then all of a sudden it's like, I can't believe it. Look at what the Colts did on the back of Jonathan Taylor. Right. And yeah, Aaron Rodgers had a so-so game this week and uh, or maybe through two picks or whatever. If those things go to happen at the same time. It's plausible. Well, here's what I'll say. Visibility has a lot to do with this. And the Colts had two Saturday games in a row. Right. Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor was good, but he reels up, ropes off a 40-yard run, and then they kind of bottle him up. Not his fault. The offensive linemen were out. Arizona got smart, stacked the box a little, couldn't finish off the game. But it was, it was uh, I don't want to say a ho-hum Jonathan Taylor performance. Still had over uh, triple digits. and uh, But... Aaron Rodgers plays Sunday night. Aaron Rodgers plays Sunday night against the Vikings. If he puts up three touchdowns or four touchdowns, I think it's probably over then. Even the ones that weren't going to vote for him are like, ah, what, what are we holding on to here? I think mm -hmm. that's, like, that's, the, what, that's huge. The, uh, yeah. the biggest concern that I have about Jonathan Taylor 
is if Carson Wentz doesn't play on, on was it Saturday or Sunday, whatever game Sunday, day this yeah. game is, Sunday. Because then, like, like we've seen the last couple – like, when you have these quarterbacks and we don't know who they are, like, I'm mm-hmm. done betting on quarterbacks I've never seen before. Like, I, I was I – was, it's so rough. What got drunk off a of four four minute drive, four minute offensive Ian Book to end the half <laughs> against uh, Miami, and that was that. That's the last one I'll ever do. I I, I'm, I can't go back sight unseen. That but terrible. That would make me think that they're just gonna you know feed JT, feed JT. But if Wentz can play, and there's any moment where you know Wentz completes like that big third, the third and long, you know somebody would be like, oh you know Carson Wentz player of the game, and right. it's gonna be like. Uh, I just see that happening. It's quarterback league. Like I think, and I think the Colts are going to win this game, but I don't think they cover. I think it's close. All right. So you have so, the Raiders. I have the Raiders plus a point. Sheck is Colts minus six and a half. That went down from eight. Still, Wentz's uh, status up in the air. Let's hit some more games. Chiefs and Bengals. Sheck. I know. I, I think it's tough for me. I have, all of a sudden have an AFC North bias uh, against them, and it's, it's your fault. It really is all your fault. Chiefs are laying five and a half. That went up. It opened at three. Now five and a half against the Bengals. You know, it's where we talk about how crazy this year has been. Oh, it's wild. It's unpredictable. The teams in the AFC Championship last year, Chiefs and Bills, are the odds-on favorite to win the AFC, if you go by FanDuel's numbers. The teams that were in the NFC Championship, Packers and Bucks, are the odds-on favorite uh, right there in the NFC to win the championship. I'm going Chiefs laying the number. I think they're back. I think they're right. I think this Bengals team is a little bit full of crap. I love Burrow. He's good. He's going to be great. But that 525 he put up against the Ravens, who suited up like 14 defenders, is a little weird. That's not the Bengals team um, I think we see this week or in the playoffs. They're probably the best in the AFC North, but it's because nobody has any players left, Shaq. But you like the Bengals getting points. I do, and when the Chiefs uh, come to mind, so too does Jeff Schwartz, their celebrity advocate out there talking on social media and otherwise. I thought it was Eric Stone Street. Am I getting my plump fans? No, it's Mitchell Schwartz's older, uh, ah. less successful brother. Right. Um, the um, No, he's uh, when you mentioned the bowl games, I do have to go back there. Listen to him. He is. He should be your North Star. He has the math figured out. He's putting big wagers oh, on these things. He's saying Utah is the bet of bowl season. It's, it's you know, these SEC teams are 0-4 now in bowl games. These SEC teams play because it means more. But now that it doesn't mean anything, now they lay down. This is Well, this Utah's is playing the, Ohio State. Right, but I'm but my point is Utah. This is a signature game for the program, and so they're going to show up desperate to win. Whereas Ohio State's kind of like, wait, we ain't in the final four. What the hell? This is a lost season. And so, they got a lot. Of, they anyway. got a lot. They got all the, the three or four pros sitting out too. Ohio State. Right, right, right. Yeah. So um, to his uh, favorite pro football team, the Kansas City Chiefs, Jeff Schwartz. Yes, they're they're good, but. I, man, I just disagree with you. Once again, what we're looking at the same stuff, Sal, and coming away with uh, with different um, opinions on it. I like this Bengals team a lot. They're flawed, but so is every other team in pro football this year. And as you point to, like, oh, yeah, the usual uh, suspects are there. Look, the Cowboys are ruling their division. The Packers are running away with theirs. The Bucks are going to win theirs. And the Bills are are a uh, contender. And you know, it's the same teams that you would have expected. And mm. as the Cardinals go down, the Bengals are the one newcomer to the mix here. And I love, I don't want to make too big a deal about it. 
But I love that swagger, chip-on-the-shoulder kind of thing of Joe Burrow. I love that it rose up in a spot where they suddenly felt at halftime like, we should put this Broncos team away. But Mm -hmm. then the Broncos take the lead in the third quarter, and it's like, "Uh uh-oh. Now here comes the test for a team that considers itself a contender. And Burrow throws a throws it to Tyler Boyd they take the lead and that's that then he on top of that after beating the Pittsburgh Steelers the bully of the division twice and hammering them at that to for for the Ravens to talk stuff and for Burrow to hang it on them like that and be like too bad I don't feel bad about doing that at all there's something about that swag there's one thing to want to win it was a bullying a team that barely showed up I I think that's I think that's what you want if you're the Cincinnati Bengals I think if you're a fan of theirs if you've been in the organization for five or ten years and all the all the like look at the Browns look look uh, look northeast if you're a Cincinnati fan and think about the how fraud that's ended up being although if we well, talk that, about the Browns later on, that although, they, killed they still might get it they crushed they still, it i will say and they still have a chance but i Here, love i love what that burrow swagger is for that particular team i buy it i like it i think it travels in this case it's the chiefs traveling to them i think there's going to be a shootout i think that Burrow can trade shots with Mahomes. Those two offenses can go back and forth if it comes to that. Give me the Bengals on the money line. Whoa. They're my pup of the week. Oh, pup of the week. All right. Well, let's. Wow. All right. We'll get. We'll get to that in a second. I probably okay. should have mentioned mine earlier. But uh, yeah. First of all, I would say I'm sticking by this. Don't bet the AFC North until the last week. It's not going to be decided because I think, I think so. the Chiefs win this game. And then uh, you don't want the Bengals at minus 240 in uh, week 18, right? Against the Browns. They'd play right. the Browns, right? You got the Browns at 5 to 1. You got the Ravens at 6 to 1. I don't know. You want to take a chance on some of these big guns. The Ravens 6 to 1, Steelers 12 to 1. You won't see those odds next week, probably. Um, one of them will likely be out of it. But uh, I don't know. I'll, no. I, I say you're crazy with the COVID and everything else to take any futures bet. Uh, what are you saying, Martin, for this game? Well, I already had a futures bet on the Bengals. Remember when you had us look at the AFC North odds? Like yeah. I had had my future bet on the Bengals a long time ago. They're and nice Baltimore plus, plus yeah. well, Baltimore plus three sixty to miss the playoffs feels like I don't know what it is right now, but I feel like it's got to be much. At that point, they hadn't had two failed two point conversions to lose two games. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm with Devonshire in terms of this game, though. I like the Bengals. Um, I, the Chiefs are good. I mean, obviously, they're they're one of the best teams in the NFL. The offense is humming. But if we look back, I, I can't get that Chargers game out of my head. And I know that it's not the most recent game that they played because they just played the Steelers. But the Steelers were not – they weren't going to be able to hold up offensively with whatever Kansas City could do, right? So maybe they could score 10 points, maybe they could score 17. But we had a good idea that the, the Chiefs should hang 35 40 on that Pittsburgh defense, just after a while, just three and out versus offense, right? You know, Ben Roethlisberger's too many three and outs. So on. this is how the game goes. But all those fourth down conversions, all those failed fourth down conversions against, uh, against Los Angeles still sticking in my head, especially watching LA just go and lose to Houston. Right. I so disgusting. I mean, so much you do kind of got to th- Poor kids. But I mean, I lost. I lost on it too. I lost on it too. Yeah, it was, it was stupid a team. Brutal Your thing. stupid Chargers. We're not going to talk about them, Shaq. But my God, the terrible, awful. Uh, uh, that that's the one you whiffed on the most. And I've had bad ones too. But the worst run defense in the league, where Rex Burkett 
I mean, that, that, the Texans had a hun- over 100 yards rushing like uh, midway through the third quarter. This That's not my worst uh, call because, well, I'm sure, I've had, I'm sure I've had much worse calls, but uh, not owed to that. I, I don't know. I, I, that one is right up there among the most inexplicable results of the entire season. Well, not even inexplicable because they're going to end up with the season win total, what, what the Vegas and Fandle and everybody else had them at. But for God's sakes, we're, their defense should be better. And this, I can't believe it. That's what's keeping them out of the playoffs potentially all right let's move on no they're going they're going they're going to the playoffs and they're going to be scary once they get i don't know if they beat the raiders i don't know if they beat the raiders next week uh rams ravens we're not getting out of the north just yet rams three and a half point favorite at baltimore i like the rams here i think they've gotten to a spot where it doesn't even matter what stafford does i mean in the playoffs it'll matter but three interceptions they still win they get a defensive touchdown or actually it was a uh kick return for a touchdown the defense is playing well I don't know what the Ravens are going to offer at quarterback. I don't even know if Josh Johnson is worse than Lamar Jackson at this point, this year's version of Lamar Jackson. Uh, Ravens, I've said it before, Harbaugh, they've gone different ways. Once the one Harbaugh beat Ohio State, then the other one's calling for two-point conversions. They're not matching up. I feel bad for this team. They, they seem to have 40 guys with COVID every single week. They should play the games on Tuesday. I would love for Roger Goodell to explain to me what moves a game. Is it importance of a game? Is it uh, a, a quarterback situation? Is it number? Is there a number of COVID play? I, I just would love to know why. Yeah, after games after watching the Saints play on Monday night, after watching the Saints play on Monday night, the only reason I could think of is TV contracts. Because the games that got moved to Tuesday were both supposed to be 1 o'clock on Fox. Yeah. So like, uh, like, but Monday Night Football can't happen on that Tuesday. That definitely has Monday something to do with it. That that's the only that's the only logical thing I can think of what, of what it would have to be. But I think the Ravens are shot. I think whoever they put back there is going to be in trouble against this Ram defense. And I'm taking the uh, Rams, although I, I'm not in love with how Stafford's playing. Minus three and a half. Too many weapons. Too many opportunities. Big play. I mean, how many big play guys do the Ravens have right now? And the Rams have like three or four. I think that matters at this stage in the year. Give me the Rams minus three and a half, Shaq. I'm going to take the Rams, but man, it's this is uh, for me uh, in terms of uh, dollars, kind of a, a stay away because mm-hmm. this is their last stand. The Ravens, you know, the, the they somehow are right there for a wild card and conceivably even the division. Um, and I think we talked about it on minus three. Uh, Kevin Hench brought up, and I think he's right. You you look at it three different ways. If it's Lamar Jackson, I like the Rams. Mm-hmm. And if it's Josh Johnson, I like the Rams. But if it's Ty Huntley, I think I like the Ravens. I think that's uh, <laughs> that's that, so crazy. Oh, you might be right, but uh, it's just so nuts to think about things that way. This is uh, I know. I mean, but football. But the Ra- the Ravens are so decimated. But of course, we could have said that pretty much since week one that there are serious personnel liabilities out there on the field. And, um, you know, they, they're still on the plus side of the win loss record. Now one more win gets them right there. I, you think Jalen Ramsey's afraid of Ty Huntley? Like, I don't know. I don't know why, uh, but I get it. I get it. We I just, I mean, guys. they've had, they, they've lacked, you know, like, well, Aaron Donald should blow up that, that offensive line. It's like, yeah, well, they, the pe- team should have hammered the Ravens all season long, should have destroyed them. The one team that has their number is the Cincinnati Bengals, as we foretold repeatedly going into that game. Again, I say it again, Sal, you may not be in on it, Marty Weiss, but this trend that looms, to your point about the Cleveland Browns, is... You should be scared if you're the Bengals, which is that 
the consistency of the result when two teams play one another is a trend to keep your eye on. The Rams and Cardinals are the anomaly. The Rams got killed by the Cardinals early and then flipped the script. But for the most part, the Bengals killed the Ravens once, then killed them again. The results continue to uh, to be the same here. So I, 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 I caution Bengals fans from celebrating too soon and Browns fans from getting too down in the dumps because it's still right there for you. Well, of course. Es- especially that, if the, be- mean, the Bengals lose yeah. to the Chiefs, Oh, my God, the gravity of that game on Monday night in Heinz Field makes me sick already, and I don't think I'll even be able to watch it. Uh, that's going to be fun. All right, so you were oh, taking heavy. the Rams. I'm yes. taking the Rams. Martin. Yeah, I think the Ravens are the ultimate get-right spot right now. I think that they played the last four games previous to the Bengals were all within, like, five-point margins, lost them all on close games, like, or lost two of them on the two-point conversion, whatever, like – their uh their last stand was last week against Cincinnati. That was that was Wig Martindale talking shit about Joe Burrow and his gold jacket. They not quite fitting for him yet. Well, he's now almost what three three yards away from setting NFL records against Baltimore. Like I think that the Ravens, I know they're supposed to be a proud franchise, and you know, but the days been saying it all year, even though he just was talking all this platitude about a tie only start said he might like the Ravens. But just because they're wearing purple and black doesn't mean they're still playing defense over there. A Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham are going to go off. Like, I, there's yeah. no way they can keep up. Yeah. Right. Stafford back to back bad games is probably asking a lot. All right, let's move on, Check to your team. You, you mentioned it. Browns, Monday night at the Steelers. Big Ben's last, can we say final home game with, with certainty? Final oh, home yeah. game at Ironsfield, right? Please. Well, if Please. they somehow if they somehow stole the division, then of course they would have a home game in the wild card round, and yeah. I think that. So please yeah, let this be Ben Roethlisberger's last. Now I, I put this out on Twitter. You just ignored it, but do people show up to watch Big Ben here? I mean, it's a, a train wreck. Well, this is because it's going to be a sad result. He's not been playing well the last couple of weeks. Again, you you. Uh, what you and I watch is is a totally different ball. I don't, one of us needs a new television set. No, no, no. I listen. I'm not. Uh, I, I, you know, in uh, in broad strokes, this talk about Homer versus a fan. Homers cannot see their way past their team, the greatness of their team. People who care about their team, as you know, Sal, you see the flaws in the Cowboys much more I'm gonna get than the outsider second. does. Yeah. The Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm I'm fully capable as someone who is older than nine to acknowledge their flaws. Roethlisberger was great for a month. He has not been good the last Which two Which month months. was he great for? Because oh, it, it was, it. he was great. Now, come on. He was great in the Vikings game. He was bad. Yes. And that's why they got him back. He got back in it because they were pre- playing prevent. The game after the same kind of thing. And the last two. No. You know, he was not great his fault. against the they Chargers. Lose, they lose he was the last two. Uh, anyway, this is a great in the second team. half against the Chargers. Yeah, the letdown, the letdown for this team has not been Ben Roethlisberger. The standard should be, as, as as far as I'm concerned, is the 2015 Broncos. That was the model that they tried to, to tried to squeeze through for one season, as they said goodbye to their future Hall of Fame quarterback. The defense failed them. The line of scrimmage failed them. The football gods imposed injuries on them and otherwise. Roethlisberger has been just fine and in spots has shown flashes of what makes him a future Hall of Famer. Of course, the sad thing is, is that he is not capable of doing what made him iconic compared to Hall of Famer. That's why no one's going to show up to this game. Fact. Including Listen, here's the thing. If the Chiefs, if the Chiefs, 
lose, if the Bengals win and basically secure the division there. Um, Stop with the playoffs. I, I talked to you about this. I said, wouldn't you rather this Chiefs game? I was trying no. to comfort you. I was like, you'd rather this Chiefs result happen in week 16 than three weeks from now. You're like, no, no, no. I want them to make the playoffs. Like, come on. I know you. Don't tell Don't me you know you what it means. Think. Don't Are you tell crazy? me what you would think. I know what you would think. Don't you dare tell me how you would think. You're a kook. You're in no me, position to tell me how you would think. Let me tell you something, bum. I think that the Steelers beat Ben Roethlisberger on his way out the door, beating the Cleveland Browns, the team that should have drafted him back in 2004 and instead decided to take Kellen Winslow Jr. in his last home game in Pittsburgh would be a great Ben Ultimate game. And then his last one, traveling to Charm City, where he was inserted in the second half of 2004 in week two when Tommy Maddox got hurt. You're a great storyteller. I'm telling you, that's what what I want. What do you think? I don't want those things to happen. I know. To vanquish those same Ravens and to go off. Who's going to win on Sunday, though? That's what I'd like to (laughs) I think the Browns should win. I think the Browns should on Monday. I think the Browns should win that game if they simply do what Stefanski doesn't. They really have to be scratching their heads, not just about Baker Mayfield all of a sudden and what he's done to this team and the math of Stefanski's offense and everything else. And you have to Mm. use the guy because he's supposed to be our franchise QB, but plainly. He's mediocre even if he's healthy, and I think he's gotten a raw deal a little bit because he's obviously physically um, messed up, but he he's forcing himself in there, and they're in a tough spot, and he's in a tough spot and everything else. But obviously, Browns. if Stefanski uh, would just turn around and hand the ball to Nick Chubb repeatedly, then all yeah. these, these concerns. So the fans must be like, yeah, Baker Mayfield's a problem. Yeah, we can get out from under him in a year if we have to. What's this, uh, Stefanski's coach of the year? Wait, wait, why didn't he just run Nick Chubb yeah, in, in Green Bay? What the hell? Yeah, that, I mean, was, I said, that was bad. There's bad coaching decisions up and down, and it, it's more glaring as the as the weeks go on. And I, I don't love the Browns. I love the Browns. All right, so you're taking the Browns. I'm not taking you anybody. You know what I'm taking? I'm right. taking number seven for 120 more minutes left. And I've had it with all this bad mouthing of this, that, and that. But the Steeler way, oh, the Steeler way is lost. I, my guys, Ryan Clark and Ike Taylor, bad mouthing. Oh, they're now more me instead of we. You guys went 500 too. Did you? Were you guys me? guys not we guys wow, and you went 502 i mean because it's a little bit much it's a little bit much fellas with all this with all the the doom and gloom with it with uh what how they've lost their way they, i just feel bad right. that, that, Sal, that he's right it's, it's a little much to try to ask dave to pick a side of a <laughs> i'm not picking i'm not it's picking little, it. i'm picking the pittsburgh much. steelers because because justice will prevail <laughs> maybe the much. browns but See, it's very This scary. is what I mean. This is what I mean, Martin. I think what? the the what obvious well, the obvious narrative, this is why we're losing money, because we go with the obvious narrative. Oh my God, look at the snow plows. There's not gonna be any points in the Chicago Seattle game. Really? You know who else is watching the snow plows there? FanDuel and Vegas and everybody else. You're not gonna be able to take the under and win. Uh, look at look at uh, oh the Colts have no offensive linemen. How would they win that game? We know and forget about even trying to keep track of the COVID injuries. You'll be on the wrong side of it almost every single time. Uh, the narrative here is Big Ben last game for the Steelers in Heinz Field getting points. Martin, I'm not buying it. Check isn't buying it either, but he has to take the Steelers. Which way are you going? I'm actually going to take the Steelers as well because I, all the stuff that Dave was just saying about the Browns, like I. Baker Mayfield is done, and I tweeted when Kevin Stefanski won the coach of the year. I think I'm thinking in two, three years from now, we'll be looking at Kevin Stefanski's coach of the year like Matt Nagy's coach of the year. Like, how did you get that? 
What happened there? Because that game on Christmas Day was evident. They could have beaten the Packers if they just turned around and handed the ball to Nick Chubb. They sucked too. Joe Burrow, that should be the only thing Joe Burrow says. Like, yeah, I, I look good because every other quarterback in this division sucks. I'm sorry. That's just how yeah, it is. Like, I, 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 think, I, think, I think the Browns are terrible. And I think that, like, I don't think that they're in. Baker may like the everybody hurts video and now seeing Odell mm-hmm. with what? I think four touchdowns and, and, and four touchdowns in LA. That's, that's more than he may have scored in Cleveland the whole time he was there. Like, I feel like everybody's looking at Baker, like, man, you're on a lot of commercials on your rookie deal. And I know that everybody says it, but I, I think the Browns are broken. And while the Steelers may not, they're no great shakes. I do think that they play with a level of pride that, that you would ascribe to the Ravens, like similar to the Ravens in years. And like in the last few weeks, it's just like, man, the, just the bottom has fallen off. I don't think the bottom has fallen out of Pittsburgh quite right. yet like it has in Baltimore. Uh, I will say this. Well, shit, wait, what was the result when they first played? Well, wait, the Browns wait. Won, I mean, you're, you're saying if it's consistent with the bat, the head to heads, the first Pittsburgh, time. Pittsburgh shut. Well, I mean, I hope it's the same result. That was yeah. really kind of the start right. of Stefanski's head scratching yeah. play calling was like, why did you not just ride Nick Chubb all day against the Steelers defense? It was very strange. But then again, the Steelers did a good job of kind of slowing mm. Chubb down there, but they did get off of Chubb a little bit too quickly, in my opinion. But the Steelers won that knuckleball 15 to 10. I'll be right. fine with that. I don't care if it's 2 nothing. I don't care what the final score is. I hope the Steelers win, obviously. Um, it's a, But, you know, you talk about narrative, Sal. The negative one is that, and win or lose, for the Bengals I'm talking about in the day before on Sunday. If they beat them, the Bengals will have arrived and everybody uh, and their mother will be talking about it. If they beat the Chiefs, like, look out for this Cincinnati Bengals team. They just beat the Chiefs. They're they're going to be a tough outcome. I, I think there's a lot of tough outs. I think the Colts, if they make it, are a tough yep, out. I think I the agree. Titans with Derrick Henry are a tough out. I'm not saying, like, the, the Chiefs seem to win and, and rise above the rest every week, but um, uh, even more so. But uh, I, I think there's a ton of tough outs. And the Patriots are, the, when the Patriots are still going to be. Of course. You know, they're going to they're, they're going to be a, a tough one as well, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yes, the the other narrative obviously is where whatever the Bengals do is it can be reduced to if the Bengals win, it kind of turns Brown Steelers into Army Navy. The mm. pride of winning that game in a big spot—it really is. If, if Roethlisberger's last home game, up in the first quarter, then. If, if you're a Browns fan, well, right. If you're a Browns fan, that is like, all right. So we came up short this season. It'll feel a little bit more palatable to you through the offseason if you can say, hey, 2021 started with us going into Heinz Field and ending uh, the the playoffs for Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers and him crying on the bench. And now we just did it to him again. That would be that would be a pretty satisfying position to be in if you're a Cleveland Browns fan, I suspect. I want to get to Cardinals Cowboys in a second. But uh, here's another thing, Shaq. And you bring up that second contract and should the Browns signed Baker Mayfield uh, and I now agree with you and everybody else like the Browns have enough to look at to see that that would be the wrong move to to put a stranglehold on their salary cap by giving Baker Mayfield all that money but from Baker's perspective and I do kind of feel bad for him like mm-hmm. all we hear about is Aaron Rodgers toe and Aaron Rodgers toe oh how is he doing it on this toe Baker has huge like he torn labrums he's got big big injuries like <laughs> he's got a big like, belt on his arm that hangs out from under his pad it's insane but it's for that reason that his agent or somebody or the wife who seems to be very influential she just said hey sweetheart 
Let's sit out this season. We have a better shot at someone taking a chance with us, uh, you know, not having seen injured Baker Mayfield or whatever. By the way, I never thought he was anything. I think he only had like two or three good games last year. But he could have fooled people better if they shot sat out the last 10 weeks. So Don't you true. think, Don't so you think that would have been the better move? Like, I know he's a competitor and guys don't think that way. But in hindsight, he really should have sat out the season. Yeah, but- well, probably would have been the same results. Brown's not making the playoffs. But I, think I that agree. I agree, except for this, is if Case Keenum takes him to the playoffs, then the, like, addition by subtraction yeah. vibe of think, taking him out would have I think what Damashek says is, is, on, is on point. You look, you look at the game they played with, what, uh, was it Nick Mullins who started the, at quarterback for the Browns two weeks ago? Yeah. And, I mean, did that, did that, that didn't look any – did that look incredibly different offensively than what we've seen from the Browns in the last two years? Like, not really. Right. I think that's why Baker Mayfield is trying to play through injury because he, I think mm-hmm. it's his only chance to stay in Cleveland. Yeah. Is otherwise they're going to see him be like, but I think that, I think you can get it done if Baker if he takes like a twenty five mil instead of like you just can't make him the highest paid quarterback. But if I you know. make him a, like a league average paid quarterback, uh, that might be the, that might be the key. Someone will overpay. Giants will overpay. Something stupid will happen there. And as we jump into your division there, Sal, with the Cowboys who are running away with it, I will say just one last time, it feels like it's over for the Browns. Couple of gun pu- gut punches in a row, a season of gut punches pretty much. But Bengals lose to Kansas City, which, as you say, the odds are I know. It's going to be week 18. It's going to come down to week 18, of course. And of course if it is. And if the trend that I'm pointing to breaks through, the Browns should beat the Bengals. And I do think that battle for Ohio, if the if you can get the Rams to beat win and uh, uh, on Sunday and the Steelers lose and all know, of a sudden a battle for Ohio would be that would be a lot of fun. And I know Browns fans have quit on it and understandably after their decades of suffering. But I think all of a sudden there's an eight day window where or a seven day window because of Monday night where all of a sudden you could you could look up and be like, wow. We did what we thought we were going to do, which was yeah. win the division this year. All right. I, I only uh, allotted for 73 minutes of AFC North talk. We've now gone over by 21. But let, let, What do you let's want go. from me? This let's is go. an emotional right. time. All right. Cardinals and Cowboys. Watch how I get through my game in 45 okay. seconds. Cowboys laying five and a half. I think it's too much. I'm taking the Cardinals. I loved what they did to Washington. I don't like that Dan Snyder. If I, we're going to beat anybody by 42, uh, let it be Washington. And we beat them in two weeks in a row. But And we own Taylor Heineke, and we own Mike Lennon and Jake Fromm and Taysom Hill, and those are the last four <laughs> quarterbacks we've gone against, and we've not gone against a good one. And I think deep down, Kyler Murray is a good one. I don't like the, how he's disappearing in the December. I, I made a joke he should have played baseball because September and October are his months. But um, I think they step it up. I think they keep it close. Not that they win the game. But I think they keep it close. This is like a 23-20 type game. Cowboys win, Cardinals cover. Martin, what do you think? Yeah, I've been going. My theory I kind of came up with three or four weeks ago is is if you think a team is dominant, just start betting against them, right? Like this would fall right into that. You saw, I mean, the Cowboys scored, what, half a million points on the football team. But I don't know about y'all, but to me, the football team quit. Like, at least, like, especially, I mean, obviously as the game got out of hand, but, like, 
Malik Turner was like, he's like it took a slant like seventy five yards or something like they're just not tackling. Well, they're it's not, not a good count. But when we could take out yeah. the bet when Terry McLaurin, when you have a zero point zero pass rating for, with ter- passes to Terry to McLaurin because of digs, like it's just you're not you're not gonna go anywhere. So whether they quit or not, yeah. it's just a not the same caliber team. But you're taking the uh, Cardinals. You're going against the narrative. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking the Cardinals. I mean. The, the, they just went off a three-game losing streak. The Cowboys look incredible. This it's just up down theory. Like it just feels Cardinals in the points. A little like more rest. Uh, is your boy James Conner back? I mean, yeah, these are things we never know until um until I remember he was day. a problem in Pittsburgh last year. Yeah, remember, I know, that's why but they he didn't did, do anything. No, but he, I mean, led the league in rushing now touchdowns he's just up until touchdowns. like two weeks ago. Yeah. They need him to play. He makes a difference with the uh, you know what is you know what his yards you know what his yards per carry is Marty. Same as Najee uh, Harris is behind a better odds, so settle down. But anyway, gets in the red set, zone. All right, check. What do you? All right. you clean sweep. Cardinals plus the points. I hesitate to to go too easily to the Cowboys prisoner of the moment stuff, but it mm. does feel like the Cardinals. We've seen the best of them this year, and because I'm classy, I won't make any mystery. Like that was a good joke you made about Kyler Murray and Mister September. Thank and, you. Um, you take your mean spirited jokes at uh, Big Ben Roethlisberger's. Right. I won't. I won't mention who is Mister November in your world for the Dallas Cowboys under center, who was Mister November for that team. Oh, uh, look right? at his December stat. You shouldn't because if you looked at his December stat, you'd be embarrassed. But I know you want to bring up Tony Romo. The oh wait, oh, oh Romo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The greatest. Wait podcaster. a second. Of what? Uh, ahead, ahead of John Madden. How, oh, I was just going to say, how dare you? How dare yeah. you on this day? No. Um, I feel like, yeah, so I'm taking the Cowboys. That's it. I think, I also think, um, I also think it must be a little bit like the platitudes required in the locker room before mm. games, after all that kind of stuff of like, Hey, this is a different team than last year. And we believe in coach Kingsbury and everything else. It's getting, it's getting to that time now. Like this is kind of, the Cardinals are going to the playoffs. We knew that two months ago, but, um, it's it a weird game because like it's, the not, Cowboys it's not are a doing must win now, right? for the It's not really a must win for the Cowboys, although if they win and Green Bay gets upset by Minnesota, they're in the driver's seat for the one seed the Cowboys are. But they're in. They're probably going to be 2-3-4 seed. Who the hell knows? There's a difference. Cardinals, same thing. Unlikely that they catch the Rams, but have clinched the playoff spot. So you can't even hang the must win on the Cardinals, except... It's a must-get-right game, I would say. Yeah, I think that, I think that's what it is. For I think the Cowboys need to win this game because they have a legitimate – I think if you can get a shot at that bye, you have to take it. Mm-hmm. And the Cardinals have to win a game just because how many games in a row are you going to lose, damn it? Like, yeah. you, you got, like you've got to win. If you're, if you're supposed to be a, a contender in this thing, you're going to need more wins and losses, especially as it gets cold out. But it just doesn't make a difference, though. Like that, it's like we got to win the game. I'm sure that's what Cliff Kingsbury. I'm sure that's what Kyler Murray. I'm like, you know, it's the same thing. You say I, I'm not picking on you for saying Washington quit because at some point maybe they did quit down five touchdowns. But it, it's that rhetoric that from the outside that it's like the like this team doesn't want it and they're not respecting the standard that's been established for blank franchise or for this tale. Like it's like. They don't practically have the pieces to do it. The Cardinals, mm. it does feel like it's a coaching-related thing here. It's not about one-two at the player level. It does feel like something scheme-wise ain't uh, ain't all there because this is a uh, a nasty trend going. Well, they got Meantime, an all-pro the receiver out. They got their defense right, that's a bottom right. ten since uh, Watt 
stepped aside, right? So I, right. I mean, it does make sense a little bit, but uh, I don't know. I just watched Kyla Murray. I'm like, oh my God, that guy's great. What the hell is going on here? It's just one of the many things. Your eyes are uh, playing tricks on you. All right, Shaq, you tipped your pup of the week. Who did you say? You said you said Bengals over Chiefs. Going with now, we the were Bengals. three for three. We were three for three. I think that's the first time that's happened since before even so. Thanksgiving, right? Who the hell did we even have, Martin? You and I had the Titans, we, right? That was Saturday. Uh, we had the Titans. Yeah, that was. A we were technically four for four, but three for three on the graph because I didn't want to get. I wanted to give out a different one because you had given out the Titans as well. So I right. also said the Detroit. Oh, no, Detroit. we were four for four. No, the Lions covered. The Lions. They didn't Come win. On. Come on, Martin. Don't do that to us. No, but the Lions covered. I was saying my pup covered. That's All right. Pup four is to, to win the game. Shaq, you're going Bengals. Yeah. I am going uh, the aforementioned Raiders. I think they step up and win. I actually think they're going to steal that seven seed. You watch. Uh, you watch me be wrong. But I think they win uh, Sunday against the Colts in honor of uh, the great John Madden. Uh, Martin, we need a pup from you. I like the Bengals as well. I have them on here. I normally have two options because I like the Bengals too, but I want to give somebody different than Dave. And it's going to be the Detroit Lions this week versus the Seahawks. Wow. What the hell? Uh, you <laughs> picked the Lions. What? You picked the Lions 10 times this year as your pup of the week. Yeah, That's absolutely not true. It's a lot, Mark. I picked now. the Lions four times, four times as pup of the week. I got a lot to pick the Detroit Lions. Listen, by by the way, it's uh, it's probably stupid to spend an hour talking about these Sunday games on a Wednesday, but you, you got to at least know the quarterback. As of Wednesday, you have to know, right? What 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 about the Lions excites you now? At, at some point, it's going to sink in that they need to lose these games to get the number one pick, which uh, they'll end up trading. Anyway. They're not going to get the number one pick. The Lions aren't getting the number one pick. The Lions are going to, first of all, they're going to win on Sunday. And it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Jared Goff isn't good, neither is Tim Boyle. They should have won against the Falcons <laughs> okay, great. last week. I'm, 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 I'm being honest. This, this, look, Seattle's broken. See, they just lost to the Bears. That team's done. Pete Carroll's completely delusional. He's talking about we need to retool, not rebuild. No, you need to detonate that thing and get it over with. Detroit's going to come in there and completely ground zero it right then and there. They're gonna, that's, how, that's how they're going to know this thing is done for. All right, because you're going to lose to the Lions, and I'll and just just we're putting that in second, the graphic. You're not going to be able to say, "Oh, I like the same one as Shaq," and we made you made me well, take the Lions. That's, this that's is fine because of right. the four times I've taken the Lions, they've tied once, they've won once, they've lost once, and we'll see here. <laughs> All right, that's uh, you, you should break break the tie with them. I'm, I'm not going to get on you there. All right, college football. This is wait a minute, about. wait a minute. I Go have ahead. one more thing to say about the Russell Wilson thing because he's going to leave. And I think what's interesting versus Aaron Rodgers, probably at least if he goes to Denver, let's say Rodgers. <laughs> Russell Wilson, all the teams that you would think, or a lot of the teams that are going to go after him, the Browns specifically, D.C., I think the thing that's fun with the Browns is they could say, to your point earlier, Sal, about Baker Mayfield, you want Baker Mayfield for a year? You can control him. Yeah, he's under, like, so we're not going to leave you the, well, I think there's something to the, like, the cupboard ain't bare. We're going to give you something back, Seattle, so that you, the, to ease the transition a little bit for you. And uh, that's an extra carrot that we can throw your way if you give us Russell Wilson plus. That, that well, you're right. Okay, all right. Bad sewer. point. But yeah. now listen to this. Here's what I think is going to happen. Everybody remembers Nick Foles, and it's like, oh, that never happens that Nick Foles takes over for mm-hmm. Carson Wentz, who's going for an MVP, and they won the Super Bowl. What? Um, 
Here's a Tony Romo comes out of nowhere. And all of a sudden that team catches fire. They put Ben Roethlisberger in a team that wasn't supposed to be good in 2004. And they go 15 and one. They don't lose till the title game. Here's a prediction for you. It's very good. Nobody is going to give a good goddamn with all these juicy games going on. The San Francisco 49ers are playing host to the lowly Houston Texans. They pulled a big upset, but of course, Make they'll, it. do it. They'll, Make it your they'll go back to form. No, no, no. I'm going the other way here. The 49ers and Trey Lance are about to become the big story for the next month. Uh, Watch this. Watch this. What well, is this he needs time they to won't learn. Even, won't even put him in for three packages a game. Oh, he's he going in ready. now. Jimmy G's got the bum hand or whatever he's got going for him. Trey Lance is going in just like Colin Kaepernick went in for Alex Smith. This is it. He, he's had a full, almost an entire season to get ready mentally and otherwise. <laughs> They're about to... This is the perfect place to put him in at home against the Houston Texans feeling good about themselves after beating the Chargers. Their season is hereby made. And the the, the Niners, very quietly, it'll be a game people barely notice. But people will look back at that and say, remember when Trey Lance had that breakout game? And now it's no surprise in the wild card round. They're they're a scary team. They might pull an upset in the wild card round in the NFC. Who's the deficit of that team? Jimmy G, you saw that against the Titans, didn't you? Isn't that what that is? with a guy who's not as good as him right now. You're right. I can't imagine it's not going to work. How about this? I'll take it a step further. If you put Why'd they draft him third overall if he's no good, Marty White? You hook Shanahan to a lie detector test, and he says he would take uh, Trey Lance over Davis Mills. I'm not sure that thing doesn't go berserk. Honestly, I'm not, I don't even know why. I mean, to not make it in any packages the whole year. They couldn't find even a spot for him with no one. Now, they'll beat the Texans probably, or maybe not because I have them under four and a half wins, and that's certainly uh, somehow going to lose. Kaepernick Disgusting. was a project when they Disgusting. when the San Francisco 49ers took him. He needed to learn a little bit first, you yeah. see. So they put in Alex uh, they put in yeah. Alex Smith before Alex Smith needed to let another pro- another right. project named Patrick Mahomes grow a little bit into the role. Now check. it's Trey Lance. There's good, there's good numbers on. Uh, well, now, now now we don't have uh, the wild card winners on Fandle. Put that up, Fandle. Come on, let's I see like the wild that one. card. Uh, you Back. watch. I mean, it's a, a, easy to do what you're doing, Marty Weiss, which is like, well, I haven't seen it, so I'm going to be a curmudgeon about no, it. No, I have seen him play. And when I saw him play, I, I saw why they went back to Jimmy G. That's what happened. You, you have to play. think the coaches have seen him play. That, that's one thing we have to say. All right, uh, let's get to college football. We have so much to get there. I want to do these two uh, bowl games, the two uh, semifinal games, and then I want to pick our uh, extra point moment of the year, which I know is going to uh, – uh, inspire 25 minutes of discussion. So let's get to it right now. Cincinnati, Alabama, 13 and a half. The tide favored 57 the over under. I know I've been screaming all year. Cincinnati has no place in this final four. And yet I'm taking them plus the points against Alabama. I, and granted, I'm going to have Alabama on every money line parlay. Really, the question becomes which facets of the SEC championship game are going to repeat? Will Bama score? Points, sure, I think they will. But I think that defense played out of their mind against Georgia in a kitchen sink game. It's going to be tough to replicate. Since he played Georgia tough for most of that bowl game last year in the Peach Bowl, where uh, both quarterbacks played, the Heisman jinx is no longer a thing. Bryce Young should be able to throw eventually against the Bearcats. But how about this for names, Shaq? All-American corners for Cincinnati. Ahmad Sauce Gardner and Kobe Bryant, C-O-B-Y, Bryant. That's their All-American corners. I think they shut down uh, 
Alabama for most of the game, but then eventually Saban and his team, they get ready. Maybe you need a, they, they roll off some points. Desmond Ritter, maybe with a uh, backdoor cover, 32-20, I see. But how about Sauce Gardner? That's a nice name, huh? Oh, saucy indeed. I love it. Um, I'm going to go, I, I think you and I see it going uh, similarly, except I think the margin of victory will be a little bit greater for Bama. I think mm. that since he'll leave this game feeling good about themselves, people like me who've advocated for if you run the table, then you have to be in the final four. If you're Cincinnati or a team like that, I think that they're, they, they will prove themselves. But in the fourth quarter, at, if it doesn't happen before, Bama will score just enough to win by, you know, a couple touchdowns. Wow, this is a, well, such a reversal because all the such a like, reversal. Well, no, with you and Bama's I. Bama's one of the best teams in the I. country. Uh, what, what is this? going to be a shocker if they, if, they, if they win by two touchdowns I'm over Cincinnati? Cincinnati? All year I was saying they have no place in this bowl, but they're going to cover. All year you've been saying Cincinnati needs a spot in the top four, and, and you think Alabama will It's justice. Yes, right. <laughs> Break it's the justice. tie. Break the tie, Martin. Who wins this game? Who covers? I'm disappointed in Dave Damashek, quite honestly. How can yeah, you pound the table with this for, guy? For, for months and months and months, and now not even take the points here? Mm-hmm. No. Like, I mean... That's, I mean, that's, that's, that's yellow belly in my estimation. Nice. You finally you got what you my were crying point, you for. Creep. <laughs> you finally got what you were crying right, for. Right, I did, Here, yes. Week in, week out, me and Sal had to hear about, oh, Cincinnati deserves a shot. I'm taking the points. I'm taking the points with Cincinnati because if Michigan beats Georgia, I would much rather them play Cincinnati than play Alabama. <laughs> well, that's, <laughs> that's sound logic. Solid logic. <laughs> well, I, I'm uh, I'm going off of basically uh, nicknames here. By the way, uh, Sauce Gardner comes from his affinity for Wendy's, including heaping helpings of the chain's creamy sriracha sauce. So there you go. We need to know this, Sauce uh, Gardner. we gotta got to figure it out. Um, all right, Spaghetti. J- uh, j- uh, spaghetti, I'm going to guess that you're taking Alabama in a, in a blowout. I am not. Um, last wow. night, Sal, I, I made my official bets on the FanDuel Sportsbook app being in the great state of New Jersey, my oh, brother's apartment. And it was uh, quite fun. A couple taps. I mean, unbelievable stuff. No, no. And uh, I did pick the Cincinnati Bearcats. I think they're going to cover. I think they're going to lose, but they're going to cover because, uh, well, first of all, Vama down a receiver, a star receiver. That's always hurt. And then the the, um, the defensive player's name slipped my mind, saying that they're the underdogs. Like you're the number one team in the country. I don't I don't get that mindset. Uh, and I also think, Anderson, right? Yeah. Well, exactly. Thank you. And then you know they had a couple of games this year where they were just flat out stinkers. I mean, they almost lost to Auburn. Everyone remembers the Iron Bowl. Too many close calls. And I think Sal, what you said they played a perfect game versus Georgia. I think Cincinnati That's can a score thing. a dual threat quarterback to to stop is just too difficult. Um, this is not a team they're used to playing, and Cincinnati's defense is not that bad. So I think they're going to be a, a close game. They will cover, but they will ultimately lose to Alabama. That's the thing. How much are we taking away from that SEC championship game? And I think I'm taking – I'm not going to say very little, but I'm not going to kill Georgia for it. They are a seven-and-a-half-point favorite over Martin Weiss's Michigan Wolverines. A great story that they got there. 45 and a half is the over-under. I think Georgia's defense shows up. I mean, let's look at the total body of work. They allowed, I'll just look at like ranked teams or good teams. Allowed 10 to Auburn. They allowed three to Clemson. They they shut out Bumper Pool's Razorbacks. Another great name. We'll talk to Bumper next week. Uh, Kentucky was ranked. They they uh, only allowed 13. Georgia Tech is a rival. Zero. Nicobe Dean and the defense steps up. They're getting healthy. Chris Smith, the safety uh, had a knee injury. He's healed. 
I think the speed is going to be the difference, and Cade McNamara is going to be tested. Uh, they're 67th in pass offense, and I think they get behind early, and uh, and they're going to lose. They're not going to be able to cover this spread. Georgia 6-2 and two against the number in the last eight bowl games. Kirby Smart's team gets the win, 29-17, which is right around the over-under. I'm sorry, Martin. I'm taking Georgia. Maybe that's good for you. I don't know. I just know this. I haven't trusted Jim Harbaugh in a big game ever, and he finally won one against Ohio State. So I, I I don't know. It's kind of like hard. What is it? Rock meet hard place or whatever the saying is. Like, I don't know. I'm not sure what to do here. So I'm just going to take Michigan and the points because the last time I didn't take Michigan and the points, I took Iowa. Everybody called me, you know, all types of names. not realizing I had this future that was out there. So I'm just going to go ahead and just save myself the ridicule. For, so again, not, not necessarily good financial advice, but if you're friends with me, this is what I would do. Well, if your analysis is I'm taking Cincy because that's what I want to see, of course, on the other side, you're going to take Michigan plus the points because I imagine as a fan, that's what you're going to want to see too, right? So Michigan yeah, and, and, <laughs> and I haven't been super, I haven't been super dialed in, but I'll say, and I don't know, Spaghetti can correct me if I'm wrong as the resident college football expert that I lean to when it comes to this type of thing. But the Georgia team I saw play the last two games and the Michigan team I saw play the last two games, feels like Michigan could beat them. Now, okay. I don't know the body of work. The whole time. I didn't watch them in September, but I'm saying from just the December games, feels like Michigan could beat that Georgia team. All right, check. What do you think? I say speed, I, speed wins. What do you say? I well, you just said it again. I was just about to repeat your your breakthrough point there, which is speed. I think that uh, Bama could run past um, could run past the the Georgia defense. I don't think Michigan's built to do that specifically to them, and I don't. And flip it the other way, Michigan when they have the ball, um, Ohio State obviously one of the powerhouse brands in college football. It was not a great defense in columbus this year it obviously is a great defense um in athens georgia this year that's the difference they'll be able to stop well did you see what harbaugh and company did did you see the way they trucked the ohio state they're not going to be able to do that to georgia i say georgia wins by a couple of touchdowns here. all right spaghetti go ahead uh you know they don't let you bet both favorites and win in these games they just don't but what do you think uh, I did take Georgia in this month. I said way, way back when we're doing our futures draft uh, that Georgia was the best team in the country. I, I like Georgia a lot. Uh, I think they're going to win the whole national championship. But uh, in this game, I just think, you know, Sal, you mentioned Kobe Dean. Yeah, I mean, you had Jonathan Davis in the middle. I just don't see uh, Michigan's passing attack being able to beat them because I don't think Georgia's going to let them run the ball uh, at all in this game. And I did see a rumor on Twitter that one of they haven't named the player yet. But they said one of Michigan's best defensive players may be in trouble in the uh, the COVID protocols, and if they're missing anyone on defense, they need they need full strength. If they're missing anyone at all, it's going to be trouble for Michigan. Interesting, interesting indeed. All right, uh, so that's our semifinal picks. Um, next week is the final. That's going to be it's going to be fun. Let everyone just stay healthy. I don't know what they have to do, but FanDuel knows what they're doing. They're hooking new customers up with thirty to one enhanced odds on any team to win their semifinal game. That means you can bet five dollars to win one hundred and fifty on any team to make it to the finals. All right, five dollars to win one hundred and fifty on Alabama, who's a two touchdown favorite. That should make sense. You get 30 to 1. That's ridiculous. That's how you do it. Just sign up for FanDuel Sportsbook. Use promo code extra points and make a deposit to claim your 30 to 1 enhanced odds. Simple and easy to use. Spaghetti will attest to it. Great new offers every day, safe and secure with best in class customer service. And when you win, 
FanDuel pays you your winnings in as little as two hours. And if you already have a FanDuel Sportsbook account, they're hooking you up with $50 when you refer a friend. Plus, your friend gets $50. Don't miss your chance to win $150 on a $5 bet on the college football playoffs. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app or hand, head to sportsbook.fanduel.com and sign up using promo code extra points to get 30 to 1 odds on any playoff team to win. All right, we're going to have another extra points episode at the end of the week. Megan Galley is going to join us, and we're going to go over some nonsensical end of the year um, made up propositions. And so we'll still steer clear of sports, but I want to take this opportunity in the penultimate extra points episode of the year. I want to ask you guys, which moment on the extra points podcast stands out as your best, as your favorite Martin, I'll let you go first. Lots to choose from. I think that uh, (laughs) I've been thinking long and hard about this. Yeah. And I have to say, it's the collection of moments surrounding the episode in which Odell Beckham was released and Dave Damashek was oh. so indignant that it was not like it was, it was not going. Why would anybody want Odell Beckham? I've, this guy's been nothing but a problem and a terror and a, just a complete cancer to the locker room. And so look, look at Baker Mayfield. He's struggling with all this. And we even brought the 10 foot pole out. And I tagged that Odell Beckham would have more touchdowns than Jarvis Landry to the end of the year. He's got four more than he does already. Mm. That was, that was just a great moment because I knew in the moment that I was correct. And that time would only tell to vindicate myself and just, and just week in week out, I've been, have been writer and writer and writer. Wow. So thank you, Odell. Thank you. Thank you to the Los Angeles Rams. And thank you, Dave Damashek for allowing me the opportunity to be so correct. Interesting. Shaq, is that also your favorite moment of the year? Uh, oh, I thought we were doing least favorites. I was going to be when Marty, <laughs> Marty Weiss joined the show. No. Um, I mean, that's really your favorite moment of the year? Really? That, that, that was your favorite thing to, to be right. right for three weeks about Odell well, Beckham? Well, you got to think. I, I, I joined the show like around week one of football season, right? So there wasn't. You know, he I don't like have I don't have the January. Yeah. Right. All right. Check. Show them how it's done. Then what's the best moment? Well, for me, it really is to to, uh, you know, nostalgia at the end of uh, the calendar year for me. I really do think, you know, we had Jeff Schwartz on the show. We talked uh, pro football and college football through 2020 into the early part of 2021. And then football ended and we said, all right, let's go broader sports. And uh, our guy, Toby Mergler, said, we said, what should we do in the in the football offseason and going forward? And we were debating different guys, different women who should uh, who should uh, join Dave on on his uh, little uh, mm-hmm. minus three show. And uh, Toby Mergler said, what about Kevin Hench? What about uh, your old pal, Kevin Hench? And I was like, yeah. But that's kind of a double down on a blowhard. You know, Dave already is a blowhard. Wasn't and, he 2020, uh, though? No, he was 2021, and he Kevin Hank, after, Right, okay, yeah. all right. So all right Kevin I'm talking Hank about this, in, this podcast, though. This, this one we're on. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh I thought all we were right, talking okay. about the Extra Points Network. All right, well, you're good. Yeah. Okay, that's a good one. Hench has definitely been a great uh, addition. He really has been a great addition. Yeah. From Extra Points this show, I mean, mm. I mean, next year. Whatever, next year. That's what I'm looking <laughs> you at. didn't no. like anything? No, I didn't. There I, 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 I don't okay. like... No, I don't like. I mean, there was so many. I mean, listen, the 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 treat of getting to do what we like. We talk about John Madden, not just surviving, but living. Living is getting to do work 
And we talk, what, what do we do? We, we, we crack wise. We, we talk about sports. We talk about food. Uh, Sal messes with his co- co-workers. What, 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 it's a tie. It's the best. Every day is the best. This is the, this is the nonsense we get to do and call it work. It's, it's the, the best. Greatest. It's the what, what's to be said about it? We're, we're cheating life. We cheated life again for another year. Thanks to Sal wow. uh, oh, for well, starting I, I this mess up. And now, it's really, now, until, what, what, we went to a bowl trivial. game. This is, this is a nice thing you've said, and it's trivial for me to now uh, pick my great moments, but... We really oh, no, I mean, no, he's listen. cheating life, he's cheating work, he's just cheating answering the question that you just asked. Don't feel bad, because all of that is already this true. Your, your answer point. was Odell Beckham? It was Odell Beckham for what <laughs> no, played, that, did, no, did good no, football no, Dave, for that, two weeks? Dave, what the hell you are you do all of that about? thankful? No, no it's, Dave, let me get your holidays right. This is New Year's. You do all that. I'm thankful for my job. My job I know my what I'm doing. That's uh, Thanksgiving. That's Thanksgiving. I'll hand out the Shecky Awards. I'll hand out the Shecky awards right before new year's and that's how you do the holidays right they're not complete until you till you hear the important stuff like fruit of the year well we'll but plug it, that i mean sure. i mean the we'll ongoing yeah. soap opera with i mean it's it's really it's sort of like football players talking about it's like i don't miss the games uh, you know the games are great you know the wins and losses but it's the stuff it's the it's hanging out in the locker room that's, that's kind of it. It's a, the hanging out in the locker room, listening to the ongoing soap opera with Marty Weiss and various uh, people we bump into in the hallways and everything. That's, that's right. good times. Oh, that's, that's going to play out too with Martin <laughs> and the receptionist. Kind of All right, I am gonna I'm gonna actually pick something. I have two here. One of them was when Martin decided to take a shit uh, while we were interviewing Dwight Freeney. That was pretty great. He was like oh, stormed yeah. out of that. That was, that was, was one of my not going to make it. You weren't going to make great. it. Right? That was a lot of fun. Um, the other, I have to say, is when we had Brady Quinn on and Eddie Spaghetti and his entire family are huge <laughs> Brady Quinn fans. <laughs> and am I getting this right? And then and then it came up with just the whole Altuve thing. Can Eddie Spaghetti beat Jose Altuve? Can he beat him in a fight? And Spaghetti getting upset. And then to have, it was Brady Quinn who confirmed or said that he wouldn't, right? No, the Brady Quinn was actually nice wrong. to me. It I was ma- it, it was mangled. Yeah. Mangled. Was mangled. We yeah. thought it was weird that we had like a mangled jersey that he gave to us, and then he was like, "Yeah, he would get That's killed by a five and five guy." So uh, my family now is not. I told him this, and they're not a fan of mangle anymore. And it led to spaghetti. That's that's, <laughs> that's my new favorite. See, that's why it's got to be the best because he said because uh, Nick Mangold said that Eddie Spaghetti couldn't beat Altuve in a fight and it just set him off. And what a what a terrific that moment that was. By the way, uh, Spaghetti on a separate text chain check was set off. You know, brother Bryce, somebody questioned him about Notre Dame quarterbacks. Why aren't Notre Dame quarterbacks good? And then the stat came out, they've lost 24 in a row, and Spaghetti was really butthurt about it. Six, seven, eight texts about how they've kind of been screwed along the way. Do you want to defend your uh, Notre Dame brethren there? It's hilarious how I have to, I do have to defend them. I was not, I wasn't, I wasn't heated. I just was like, it was a good sports discussion. I was just like, Hey, listen, like the, the weird thing Notre Dame is they bring in the top level recruits. Those guys don't pan out. The ones that pan out are like the Ian book types, the th- the three star, the two star, they kind of work they up. And then, oh. well, for the team, for Notre Dame, they do. <laughs> oh, and I then, yeah. and then they don't like, and so then, you know, they get a chance to play in the league and they're not great. I mean, I also think, that if Brady Quinn and if Deshaun Kaiser stayed an extra year, if he didn't have a bad relationship with Brian Kelly, and they both did not end up on the Cleveland Browns, and they were in a better scenario, they both could have been okay in the league. Well, but the best quarterbacks end up on bad teams. That's just how it works out, right? 
So, right, but I yeah. think the Cleveland Browns These level guys were of bad. The Browns later, yeah. The Browns level of bad to that stretch was all like all time bad. There's there's bad teams that end up building a pretty good foundation and with young quarterbacks like the the current Bengals, like they weren't great for a while. I mean, right. they they just got really screwed. But I I never really bought into Jimmy Clausen. I never really bought, like who they had Everett Golson. They had Malik Zaire. These guys weren't going to go to the league. Ian Book was a scramble. But why is one. that? That is weird, isn't it? It's a, I mean, it's a storied franchise. Shaq, is there a reason? Ron Bama for Palace. a while didn't have quarterbacks either. It was only a recent thing where Saban started to recruit quarterbacks. If you look back at the, the Bama quarterbacks in the early part of this uh, last decade, it's they're pretty brutal too. Well, Ron Palace didn't work out, and um, uh, what was uh, the the Brady uh, Quinn was the last win? Was that right? Twenty four games ago. Yeah, well, it was. did I get that right? And well, it was against it was like against for, Lawson, I think. I think that's the reason it happened. Or maybe I read that wrong. Wasn't that wasn't that what happened? It was a Cleveland against Carolina. I don't know. All it right. is just the best. It is just the best that uh, the people like it's do as I say, not as I do, kind of thing. The double standard of fandom and everything else that mm. reveals itself over and over and over again on on these various shows that we do. I just <laughs> really enjoy it. It's we're not so distant. I see some people debating in media. If you're a reporter, is it okay to root for your team to win games? Like, oh heaven forbid that you would ever root for a team. As we celebrate John Madden with beer and uh, and oh boom and I eat turkey and look at the the sweat on that uh, fat guy's uh, uniform and everything else. Mm. That that we're talking about sports, everybody. We're not talking about uh, global politics here. It's fun. No, and this yet, is the most important. This is what's fun, and it's funny that Eddie Spaghetti producer from Staten Island kid, big Notre Dame fan, gets mad at fo- pro football player Jeff Schwartz. He's like, he's too anti-Giants, and it pisses me off. That's and then Jeff Schwartz is too. like, then yeah. Jeff Schwartz is like, what the hell with this guy? Why, why, why am I taking <laughs> shit? For, why is he coming at me? And then Jeff Schwartz turns around and gives me shit because I badmouth his Chiefs. What do you care if I don't like the Chiefs? If I if I don't think the Chiefs are good, but it. Jeff Schwartz gets mad at me. Who's like, ah, oh, just the best. The a lot of circle of these things are, Baby are face, really funny. We missed a bunch. What what happened? What you what you you have you filled up the chat here? What happened here? Oh, I mean, there's just so many, and that doesn't even include um, just recently Dave not taking Cincinnati after preaching how much they deserve to be there for three months. <laughs> He won't I mean, even take the two just, touchdowns. All yeah, right. That's terrible. Yeah. But uh, a great. All right. No, a great behind the scenes that is my favorite that no one even got to see is, uh, you know, our uh, Dave, one day we weren't getting a good connection, and Eddie told him to unplug his router, and we all waited, and, and nothing, the connection never died. And Dave said, What do you mean? I, I did it. I unplugged the router, and we found out that he unplugged a toaster. So. There it is. Is that what it was? It was a toaster. God, God bless him. I love him. And also, uh, the dog likes the joke. The dog likes that joke. He's the best. He figures, he figures out a way to do it, whether it's recording from the airport or McDonald's. And, uh, that's why there you go. There you go. That was a fun time with Matt Hasselbeck. I'm late for my flight talking about the, talking about Hasselbeck's career. Well, we'll have a lot more. Um, and you're right. Spaghetti doing just doing the shows in person at El camp has been good. Getting off Zoom, even though we're, we've done our last six podcasts on Zoom, because uh, the office is uh, well, well. We'll be back at it next week for sure. But uh, and now lots going on. Now lemon pepper parlay. There's a rumor we're going to have one this week. 
But who the hell knows? It's up to TJ Hushmanzada, yeah. Martin, you and him. You host Lemon Pepper <laughs> Parlor. Rumors feel unsubstantiated. I don't know. Really? You, I wouldn't go to the timeline with that quite yet. But uh, By the way, I have, I, I, I have I, a Lemon I, Pepper Parlay shirt for you right here in uh, my office. You go to the shop, shop.arcade slash extra points, something like that, extra points. Hit the uh, shop. I guess arcade doesn't figure into that. Um, equation at all but yeah lemon pepper parlay Shaq, you got your year end you did something nice with hench that was fun earlier in the week and you got your year end jesus um, christ week some year my new year's resolution is to try to do a podcast that's less than he called you disorganized and and spaghetti didn't didn't really have your back no i know it was hurtful to be betrayed (laughs) by both of those uh but you know both those fellows was mean-spirited but i'll let bygones be bygones you know his hench was feeling sad about his patriots spaghetti continues to feel bad about the giants but we'll settle all hash on the 31st annual shecky awards coming at you when spaghetti on thursday though those will be out that is as close to the uh, end of the year as we can get there we try to release it just before the ball drops in time beautiful And as I mentioned, there's going to be another Extra Points episode with Megan Galley. Uh, we're going to talk about, um, what do we got? What are the three things we're going to discuss? Well, we're going to play Cami Over Under, which is a, a tremendous game. Uh, that's going to be fun. We're going to discuss, uh, Babyface, what are we discussing? Oh, who we should say goodbye, which uh, old acquaintance we should uh, say goodbye to in 2022. Uh, well, how do you spend New Year's Eve? The best way to spend New Year's Eve there's something else too. Who something. will Pete Davidson be dating? Oh, who will Pete year? Davidson ah. be dating? Yeah. Maybe Joel's dog. Who knows? You never even know. Uh, against all odds, we have a couple more episodes coming up. We'll break down the college football semifinals, player prop sides, totals. Marty Weiss will pick NFL. the Lions again. <laughs> Martin Weiss probably taking the Lions. Maybe that should be your New Year's resolution, Martin. Stay away from those Lions. Just a reminder to everyone out there, you may feel like underdogs. Please remember. You're all my favorites.